0: Radio, radio. Welcome to Growing Up Punk Radio, radio, the show where I play 11 songs and you listen to them. Except this time, I'm merely just like the monkey pushing the buttons, I guess you could say. Uh, Because the songs are all picked by our special guest today, which is Casey Iodine from Iodine Recordings. Uh, We decided... I don't know how this necessarily came up. We just kind of went back and forth over Instagram, but uh, we're going to do an entire show based on iodine recordings with songs that you've picked. What's up, sir?
1: Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I know we've been chatting for a while and I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, this
0: is great. Of course. um, So you sent me some free stuff, which I made sure I had to, I I was like, (laughs) I'm going to put, you can't even see it in the video, but I'm like, I'm going to wear the shirt. Uh, right now for it's, this.
1: Uh, I, I can feel the presence of the shirt. So There you go. <laughs> We're we good. <laughs>
0: um, and then uh, he sent me a couple records too, which uh, they they arrived yesterday, uh, which worked in, for two reasons. One being, um, you know, first I, I found out I had COVID as of yesterday. And so that was a bit of a bummer, kind of changed some plans. Now I'm stuck at home, but what can you do? Um, but so to like get that package in the mail, I was like, oh, sweet. I've now got a reason to be home you know, can spend some time with some new records, which was great. And then second, I was, you know, glad to get it so I could rock the t-shirt that you can't even see and the listeners can't even see while we uh, (laughs) do this episode. But yeah, so we're going to, I got you to pick 11 songs um, from, I guess, the course, the history of iodine recordings, and we'll go through them. You can kind of share, you know, why you picked them, um, you know, what they mean to the label sort of thing, because I, I know there's a couple on here as we'll get to them that, um aren't necessarily originally iodine releases if that makes sense um, yep absolutely so, yeah we'll get into into some of those things but first before we play the first song I guess I did want to ask um, what's you know what's kind of the the brief history of the label how you know how did you get it started um, what kind of made you want to start a label and uh, yeah if you can just fill us in on that a little bit
1: yeah it started in Boston uh, 1998. And it all came about, I was in a punk band that was not very good, uh, but Mm -hmm. we sent our demo out to probably a hundred labels and it got rejected across the board. So I just kind of said, fuck it, I'm going to start my own label and put out my own stuff and potentially put out some friends band stuff. And the band ended up breaking up and it turned out I, I had very little talent in music I had no business playing music right and so the idea of the label kind of started to snowball as you know kind of my way to be involved in the scene right so you know the the community built around punk and and hardcore for me was so pivotal at that part of my life yeah so the label really became a thing that just was my contribution to the community um and the first release we did was actually a compilation so at the time I've become friends with a lot of you know fairly prominent Boston you know punk and hardcore bands um, you know and most notably bands like Converge and Cave-In. and a lot of those bands donated you know at, th- at that time new songs to this first compilation that was supposed to kind of be a catalyst to build the label and so you know we kind of came out the gate with a really strong record as our first release and the cool thing about comps back then is you know since we're talking about radio is, yeah. you know, comps in the nineties were the radio for, for punks, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. They, they didn't, you know, you turn on the radio, you just hear top 40, you know, shit. Yeah. And you know, the underground stuff didn't really have an outlet and comps. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, that's where I, you know, found a lot of bands that I'd never heard of. Yeah. You know, this is all pre internet. So, um, know if bands weren't on tour it was really hard to find out about them yeah so that you know kind of grew into gaining a lot of attention we had artists come over you know we started small and it it got pretty big pretty quickly and uh the label was kind of at its height around 2003 2004 Um, and then the digital boom came about you know cds were kind of falling out of favor and the label just folded. Um, there mm. wasn't enough revenue, so I took a 17-year hiatus, <laughs> and um, I, it never left me. I always felt like I had unfinished business, and you know the opportunity came along to start it back up last year, and I kind of jumped at the opportunity. And it's funny because the label is probably bigger now than it ever was back. Amazing. Then. Yeah. You know, that's you awesome. Know. So, um, I
0: two things real quick like with comps yeah they they compilations they definitely played you know a big role in discovering bands for for all of us I think and it's a similar sort of I guess um similar sort of idea with what I like to try to do with these radio radio episodes it's just to like bring you know music that maybe people some of it they they will be you know maybe familiar with you know a band here or there but then also bringing in kind of like these newer bands or newer releases or what have you that maybe they're less familiar with to kind of introduce um introduce some people to new music because you know it's funny we when we first started this show we called it growing up punk because the idea was to talk about these bands that and these albums that we loved when we were you know growing up going through high school that sort of thing right but it quickly became this thing where yeah we we love those bands and we love talking about them, but it got kind of stale going like there's all sorts of new music out there to discover. And, you know, we just kind of found ourselves in this little bit of a funk, I guess you could say, of just going like, yeah, but how do we talk about that? Our whole thing is based off of growing up, music we listened to growing up. So decided to kind of open those doors a little bit and go, you know what, whatever. It's a catchy name. That's all it is. We're going to talk about everything under the punk umbrella, new and old. So I'm excited to do that. And, And secondly, have you noticed like, so when you were first running the label, versus now, because now you, you talked about digital, you know, music, and now obviously streaming, which is a step further than what it would have been in the early 2000s with, you know, like obviously the um, the invention of iTunes and stuff like that. Now it's you literally pay a subscription fee and you can stream almost everything, right? right. Um, so have you noticed like a, a, a massive difference in running the label in that regard, and also with social media and stuff like that, like? did it take a bit of adjusting from the old way to jump on board with the new way? Or was it, you had seen what the music industry, the music world was doing and you're like, Oh, I feel like I can do this way better now.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, I'm, I'm still learning and still adapting. Sure. And you know, the, the landscape now is so much different back, back then it was all about moving, you know, quantity. Right. So yeah, yeah, five ten thousand cds you know is what brought who paid the bills um you know now we look at you know a lot of different ways of bringing in revenue and i hate to make it all about business but at the end of the day a label is operating like a business 100 so, yeah.
0: percent um
1: <clears throat> you know so we look at merchandising yeah you know and vinyl brings in a chunk of money but it's so expensive to make that yeah you know even if you sell out of a record it's it's not as uh, lucrative (laughs) as it it could be or at least Mm -hmm. the way it was back back in the day um digital brings in some money um but it's really just kind of collectively looking at all the different outlets and trying to you know gain as much traction you know both in the digital realm and the physical realm yeah and then getting the bands out and playing shows um as far as the marketing goes it's it's so much harder now because You know, I I used to think of labels kind of as like the the gateway for bands. If you weren't on a label, it was really hard to reach a wider audience. Well, now anybody can put their music on Spotify. Anybody can put their music on Bandcamp or, you know, start an Instagram page or whatever. So I think it's harder to, you know, kind of, you know, get through all the noise and find what, you know, the gems are there and what the good stuff is. And, And there's lots of good stuff. It's just you know, for bands to actually be able to, you know, be viable and get out on the road and, you know, sell enough tickets to make it worthwhile. You know, you've, you've got a lot of stuff to compete with.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you're talking about, I guess, kind of flooding the market a little bit, right? Like with everything that's out there. And to an extent, I would, I would say like, I'm curious if there's as much label loyalty with listeners as there was, you know, like obviously back in the nineties and early two thousands and what have you, because of the fact that now you can get, and I think like bands that have been on labels and now, you know, maybe those contracts ran out or whatever, and they look at it and they're established enough to be like, oh, I can, we can afford to do this on our own sort of thing or new bands that, yeah, they can, you know, put together an EP in their own garage recorded and have it sound decent, like, and get that stuff out there. So I'm curious because I am more just coming back since I've, you know, kind of been in contact with labels and paying a little more attention to which labels are putting out, which releases. I'm kind of coming back to that a little bit more now going like, Oh, if I, you know, for example, if iodine is releasing this, I kind of have an idea of what that quality is going to be. And yes, I'm going to check it out. Or if this label is releasing or if this label, but for sure for a time there, like that was, very much a back burner idea, like with just streaming, you just get out there and you'd have bands on Instagram, on Twitter or whatever that were just, you know, flooding the market. And so much of it gets lost, but because yeah. there's so much of it, but one thing I'm appreciative of for myself, like kind of coming back and, and not just, you know, like the labels, like, I guess we could call them the quote unquote bigger ones, like a pure noise or hopeless or what have you, but like being more aware of these, you know, smaller mid sized labels and going, Oh man, knowing that what's coming from these, I can kind of, um, latch onto and, you know, somewhat know what to expect. Obviously not saying that all the bands on iodine recordings sound the same by any stretch of the imagination, but just knowing that, oh, there's someone or a group of people sitting there going, yeah, we, there's something of, you know, quality or value we find in this. So we want to put our name behind it, going, understanding what that, what that kind of means. I appreciate that sort of, at least in, like I said, in my world coming back around. Um, But I can only imagine how kind of like tricky or hard it can feel being the label competing with hundreds of thousands of, you know, or however many bands and songs that are out there on any given day, right. Releasing stuff. So,
1: yeah. And I, I'd say you hit the nail on the head because, you know, you're right. Back in the day, there was a lot of label loyalty. There were fans yeah. of, you know, particular labels like Discord or Jade Tree or um, Epitaph or you know, whatever, you know, there's some genre labels and then there were some kind of catch all labels. Yeah. But <clears throat> it did go away for a while. And I think that it kind of left a void. And now, like you were saying, the market is flooded with so many options. And, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that there's like 600,000 songs uploaded a week to Spotify. <laughs> um, so I think that the need for labels has come back, you know, because labels act sort of as a curator yeah. of saying, you know, hey, we, we've sat down and we've listened to all this stuff that's out there. And, you know, especially with iodine, my, my whole pride of iodine is, is kind of that stamp of quality. Yeah. And again, you, you, you kind of mentioned this. No two bands on iodine sound the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a punk label. We're not a hardcore label. We're hardly an indie label we're kind of all over the map and it it's truly a reflection of my music taste which is fairly broad um but at the end of the day the way i've always envisioned it is if you get an iodine record you know that it's going to be quality um you know that it's going to sound you know to a certain standard um that the bands are professional the artwork is professional and, you know, we spend a lot of time making sure that, you know, you just got two records in the mail, you probably yeah. saw, you know, all those fine little touches on the record. We we spend a lot of time making those decisions so that it's not just, you know, a, a mass produced cookie cutter record that it yeah. feels special, you know, especially for fans of those bands. So, you know, I think at, around the time that I had started thinking about having the label come back, I noticed that you had kind of two things going on. You had a lot of really big labels like your Pure Noise, Epitaph, yeah. um, uh, and then you had really small labels. These labels that are doing like uh, like boutique style, short runs of you know fifty cassettes or yeah. you know three hundred LPs. But you know the those mid sized labels, you know the the Victories and the the Jade Trees and stuff like that. They've all kind of gone away. Um, and you know this the label is not my full-time job it's a passion project yeah you know so i had the capital to kind of really go at it you know in the right way and that kind of do it justice but what i'm trying to kind of bring back is that that mid-size label that kind of you know that mid-step for a lot of these bands to either go up or kind of stay there uh because some of our bands aren't super active they're not you know touring full-time or anything like that sure yeah um so, yeah, and I think that the need for someone to curate music is is back because there's so much stuff out there. And so I think that there is more, I don't want to use the word loyalty, but I guess more emphasis on focusing on what labels are doing.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, to an extent, I do think like, yeah, I, I li- maybe I just like the phrase label loyalty because of the alliteration in it. But uh, I think before we get into the songs, um you know, talking about that loyalty back in back in the day as it were back in the nineties 2000s, what have you, you know it was more of a thing of i've got you know I've got fifteen twenty dollars whatever like especially as like a teenager, right that's like in my pocket that I can spend on music and at that time, you know, maybe you could go into some c d stores and be able to just go through and listen to a bunch of stuff, or you know maybe you had a friend that suggested something or you found it in the liner notes or whatever, but a big way. I know, like myself, that music was discovered was by looking at the back and going like, oh, hey, this was released on Fat Records. This was released on, you know, Vagrant or what have you, and go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take my chance on this because I know this label has released stuff I like in the past. And now I think that comes in more you know, obviously people with streaming services aren't as concerned about where they're spending their money when it comes to music. If they're paying 10 bucks a month or whatever, 15 bucks a month for a streaming service, it doesn't matter what they, you know, like they're, they're not going into it with the same approach going, Oh, well I want, you know, X amount of cents or X amount of dollars of my $15 a month to go towards here or there as much. Right. Because it's just, oh, this new band's got something, let me check it out. 30 seconds later, you're on to the next band. 30 seconds later, you're on to the next band sort of thing. But where the labels come in now and, you know, those kind of mid-size labels that you were talking about there is, I think, more of going, okay, I'm going to give this the time it deserves because it's been curated by Casey Iodine or it's been curated by this guy or this girl or this person, whatever, right? Like, And knowing the quality that's come before it. And I think uh, that's more where that kind of falls in line and going, it's not where I'm going to spend my 15, 20 bucks or whatever on a CD. It's where I'm going to spend my time to come back to something, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why don't you tell us, I I think what we'll do is we'll talk about (coughs) not dying. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about the song and then play the song, maybe, if that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, <clears throat> I am literally dying. Why don't you talk about the first song that you brought, which is uh, from Audio Karate?
1: So I chose Lovely Residence by Audio Karate, which is the first track off their new LP, Ultra. Um I like the way you said And that. I wanted to... <laughs> What's that?
0: I like because... Okay, so... Real quick, obviously Spanish is a more spoken language in the States than it is in Canada. And so when I was talking to, uh, when I was talking to Art of, of audio karate, when he was on the show a little while ago, I was like, how do you say this? And it's just like, as, you know, English as I could. I'm like, otra. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I appreciate the, uh you know probably i'm going to assume you're saying it properly so that,
1: that's probably how i said it for a long time yeah. i'm from boston <laughs> so like yeah that's fair you know i i can't speak english let alone spanish um but uh those guys gave me a hard time a lot over you know the some of the their song titles and stuff like that so yeah yeah <laughs> and you know Audio Karate is one of the newer bands on the label um it's the the latest release that's actually out on the street yeah and they came about um right around the time i started coming up with the idea of bringing the label back and jason their guitarist uh, i worked with in california i was living out there for a few years and he and i connected and we didn't know each other before but um, turns out that they had toured with a lot of iodine bands back in the early 2000s and We just hit it off, became good friends, and they had just gotten back together that same year.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, And they had done a record with Wiretap, which is another label based in California, and they started toying with the idea of doing this uh, B-Sides collection. And I said, hey, you know, the label's going to be up and running next year. You know, let's do it. Let's work together. And, um, you know, it's it's been a great relationship, and I never worked with many West Coast bands. And, uh, you know, it, it, i think it's one of the it's a really fun release and it's something different than anything else i've ever worked with before
0: yeah so <clears throat> the song you picked is lovely residence <coughs> and i'm dying which features um that's agent orange right like from uh, agent m from agent uh, m tsunami sorry bomb. not agent orange yeah. agent i think agent <laughs> orange is a band right yeah agent, <laughs> agent m from tsunami bomb there you go so um lovely residence by audio karate My wife make an emergency delivery of cough drops and water. <laughs> I was, like texting her during that song, can you bring you me water and cough drops? I'm dying down here. Uh, I guess if a... you drop, I will take over as uh, yeah. the host of the show. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I die on the podcast. Um, that'd be a way to go out. That was actually the the song that introduced me to audio karate, and then I proceeded to give anybody and everybody who I've ever talked music with. Uh, shit for not telling me about that band.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Um,
0: yeah, I heard that I heard that song. I went, man, this is really good. And then when I, you know, kind of look them up on Apple Music, I, you know, come to the realization that, oh, this band, you know, was releasing music, say, 20 years ago, you know, right at that peak of when I would have been all about discovering this kind of music. And they're, they were sitting there the whole time. Uh, of course, they like, I guess, like the label took some time off before, uh, releasing this one. So that's, that's pretty rad, but that was, that was actually the song in the band that, uh, started this whole thing in uh, conversation of doing this. So, um, it's a great way to kick it off. What about the I next song? Yeah. The next song you brought is from, uh, another band that has been around for a little while. One line drawing.
1: Yeah, so Jonah and I, um, you know, talking about history, we were friends 20 plus years ago. Um, Back after he left the band Far, he went solo, started one line drawing. And, you know, Iodine was still somewhat in its infancy, but we booked a lot of shows uh, in and around the Boston area. And we first met, he was coming through Boston and a show got canceled and we ended up last minute having him play the basement of my apartment building and it was a really intimate lovely evening a lot of people came I'll say like 100 people crammed into my basement and sat around and Jonah played you know unplugged acoustic and he stayed at my house that night we we stayed friends ever since Um, and when he heard the label was coming back uh, he hit me up and said hey I've got this record. You know, we collaborated with Chris Caraba from Dashboard, um, Norman Brandon from Texas is the reason, and you know, a whole host of other yeah. amazing artists. And he's like, I, I'd love to do it on iodine just because of the history that we share. So it was a no-brainer. You know, we jumped on it, and um, this track is Tender Wild, which is the title song off the record. i love I've
2: been looking for you so long. Oh, oh Lie to come and go a lot to, too soft too strong oh, oh, oh I know we're both scared But if you take a chance I swear. Oh uh-huh.
0: So that record comes out uh, June 24th. Um, so if you want to, I guess there's there's probably a pre-order up on uh, your website. Would that be it accurate? It is up now. Sweet. Yeah, you
1: could. So, and they're selling fast. So if you want one, I would grab one. There you go. Uh,
0: before we go any further, I should mention, if you hear any songs that you like on uh, this episode, um, we've got the playlist for Apple Music and Spotify linked in the show notes. So uh, you can go find it. Double back on the songs you love to go add them, go follow those artists, do whatever you need to do uh, and support some pretty great music. So the next song that you brought, uh, there is a very familiar name uh, attached to this song, um, unless I'm making that up. But it appears to be, was it Nathan Gray and Tim Mac? I can never say his name. McKillorath? <laughs> yeah. Ne- never, I don't know if I've ever said it on a first go once. But why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, a little bit about this song and why you picked it?
1: Yeah, so uh, Nathan Gray, another guy that, you know, I knew not not as closely as someone like Jonah, but um, acquaintances from back in the day when I was active. And similarly to Jonah, he heard the label was up and running, and he was kind of shopping for a home um, for his solo project. And a lot of people know Nathan from Boy Sets Fire, uh, but he's been doing solo records for, you know, many many years and that's his primary focus right now right and he had a label in europe um but he didn't really have a home in the u.s and kind of like i was alluding to earlier um you know part of the whole kind of philosophy around the label coming back was having this kind of mid-sized label that we could kind of have a place for some of these established artists to come back to um you know that it feels similar to you kind know, of the the environment that we had 20 years ago right so he reached out and um you know we start talking about future projects but one thing that he really wanted was to have his newest album rebel songs you know have a home in the u.s because it came out in europe and it did really well but it wasn't really getting marketed in in north america at all mm-hmm. so we worked with the european label um got the rights to it and we have it out to press now and it should be here in august uh and again rebel songs is the title track uh nathan worked with uh tim from rise against and um you know it's a great song and one thing i will note about this album while this song is you know a really good track nathan brings a lot of uh you know variety to his you know solo music and You know, including hip hop and reggae and just, you know, very eclectic musician overall. Mm -hmm. So I think this song is a a great track from the album, um, but everyone should go and listen to everything on it.
0: Funny thing is, I think the first time I heard it, so you sent me the list of songs and I went through and put them in a playlist to just kind of have them. And initially I was like, okay, I'm not going to listen to any of these songs uh, outside of the ones I'd already heard just from, you know, listening to music in general. I'm not going to listen to any of these songs until we sit down to record this episode. And then I decided, well, whatever, I'll, I'll put the playlist on. And <laughs> that song comes on and it's just kind of like playing in the background. You know, I'm like kind of vibing to it. And all of a sudden, like Tim's vocal part comes in, I'm like, man, this guy sounds familiar. (laughs) And of course, like I, at the, at that moment, you know, I wasn't thinking like, well, rise again. So I was just like, why do I know this guy's voice? And then obviously took a a closer look, but just from top to bottom, that song is uh, a great song. Like Tim's feature is fantastic, but the whole song itself is just really well crafted, really awesome. So um, the whole
1: album, that album is Solid gold, in my opinion, and right on. Um, I, I'm very proud to have that in the Iodine catalog now.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so the next one you brought is from uh, a band that some some people might be familiar with from because I believe they were on Fat at one point, right? Uh, this next they band. were on
1: Fat most of their career. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Smoke or Fire. Why don't you tell us about the song that you uh, you picked from these guys?
1: So they were actually on Iodine. Um right around the time that the label went under. They were the last band that we ever signed. Okay. And it's kind of a a, a bummer of a story, but we put out this record. It was called Workers Union um, mm-hmm. when we put it out. And the label was on shaky ground and it it went under on I think the week the album came out. Oh. And so I mean, it got out there, it got distributed, but it didn't really have the promo or anything behind it. And they went and got signed by Fat, which was great for them. Um, But when the label came back, I reached out to Joe from Smoker Fire, and it was really important to me that we had the opportunity to revisit this record and do it the way it should have been done uh, 17 years ago. And um, it's been a great project, and working with Joe again. And yeah, 50 Cent Hearts, he is adamant, is the best song he ever wrote.
0: It's a fantastic song, and uh, our listeners are about to find out. Absolutely love when that song gets all quiet there and just how well it fits, like what he's singing. Because what I think the line is something like, just because we're strong doesn't mean we can't be gentle or yeah. something along those lines. And just yeah. how, like musically, it fits like what the words are saying. And uh, I know the first time I heard that song, uh, like that was one I had listened to outside of this playlist. Um, because I think when we first started messaging back and forth, you had mentioned Smoke or Fire. And uh, so I went and pre-added the album, and that was when did that that song just came out though, right?
1: It just came out, um so it's we're on pre-order right now. It comes out May twenty seventh, yeah. the full album. Yeah, um and we just dropped the single, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah, okay, because because right. it it's not the f- is it the first one or the only one off the album so far that's out? It's the second. The first one okay. is
0: uh, Beauty Fades. That's right. I was to say I'm pretty sure I heard a different one before this one, and. Uh, Oh, yeah, no. When that when that whole section comes in, I was like, it just like caught my ear because initially it sounds like, oh, it's kind of an abrupt ending to the song, isn't it? And then you know it kind of takes this turn and it's it's really great. So um, yeah, absolutely looking forward to that one. You when did you say you said it comes out May twenty seventh? May twenty
1: seventh. Sick.
0: All right. Well, the next uh, the next song that you brought is from uh, a band called Hey Thanks. That uh, this is for sure. Kind of my first time really diving into them, but why don't you tell us about the song From Me to You?
1: Yeah. So the band Hey Thanks, they're from Louisiana. And I was starting to fall into a mold of working with all the old heads, you know, <laughs> all these guys from 20 plus years ago. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I wanted an opportunity to, to take a new band, a baby band under my wing to, you know, have something new out there. And so mm-hmm. producer Gary Sioni. Uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I just finished in the studio with this band. They're going to be huge. He sent me the tracks. I was blown away. And I think within a week, we decided to sign them. Um, Super catchy, super poppy. Um, I think they're going to be mammoths here soon. Um, And this track is uh, the first song off the new album, Start Living.
2: After the end of a rush, it's, it's time to look back. It's time to see that. I really wanted you in all of this And all the mayhem I still believe It's not Yes.
0: should have mentioned this to you before so that song and the next song aren't actually out yet uh so i this is me asking both in podcast and outside of podcast are you okay with those songs being in the episode like this one and the yeah, next one
1: that Well, for me to for me to you is actually out um for some reason it didn't populate on um on apple, apple music. music it's something okay. we've been trying to troubleshoot it's yeah. on spotify but it's not on apple music for some okay reason.
0: So that one's cool, but what about, so this, this, by the way, that, that song, uh, gave me a lot of like vibes of like the main, um, stuff like that, like real good, big influence for them.
1: I got to tell one funny story about them real quick. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were interviewed on another podcast like a week ago and, uh, I was listening and the host asked them, Hey, were you a fan of iodine recordings back, you know, when they were active, you know, way back when? Yeah. And he goes, well, no, because I wasn't born yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I was pissed. So I was like, man, way to make me feel old. But, uh... <laughs> That's too funny. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: man. Okay, so this next song then, um, are you okay with this one? Because I don't know when this one's supposed to come out. It's coming out on Friday. Okay, so so by the time they hear this, it'll be out. Perfect. Then (laughs) I say I don't want to like slide in and be like, "Oh shoot, you weren't supposed to be able to hear that yet." So, um, but yeah, this uh, this next song then is from a band called Her Head's on Fire. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about this one and you know maybe what they've got coming up?
1: Yeah, uh, Her Head's on Fire was again another one of those stories of old friends coming around and uh the singer is joe grillo from garrison uh who were on back in the day yep um and he collected a bunch of great musicians uh rodrigo from saves the day uh jeff dean from the bomb and um their drummer was from uh, small brown bike oh sick yeah yeah, great collection of artists and um they came together and it was a no-brainer so the burn is the opening track off the album and again by the time you hear this we've announced (laughs) the pre-order for the new record sick perfect that's awesome here we go
0: To your point earlier, you said, you know, not not a single like I shouldn't say not a single, but, you know, like iodine bands don't all sound the same. And to this point, not a single one of those bands has sounded like the other. It's one, um, I guess, to to dumb it down, one form of punk rock to the next. And I love it. Um, now, <laughs> Wait all that until we need- get
1: to the drums dream and start blasting people's eardrums out. <laughs> there
0: you go. Um, I was going to say now all that needs to happen is her head's on fire and uh, 84 Tigers need to tour together because then that's have you heard 84 tigers yet
1: i have not no. so
0: that so that's actually um it's a new band i think they have a new record coming out. but mike and ben reed of small brown bike with Damn. uh john o'diener who used to be in the swellers Um, So it's their new band. So I was going to say, those two bands need to tour together because then you've basically got Small Brown Bike just touring in different bands. Um, So there's that. Anyway, let's move on uh, to the next song, which uh, is from a band called Attempt Survivors. Tell us about this song and uh, why you picked it.
1: Yeah, this is um, Josh English from Six Going On Seven's new band. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they were a huge influence on me in the late 90s. And so when I heard he had started a new band with um, Adam Marino from Seisha and Kyle Stevenson from Helmet, um, I jumped on the opportunity to snatch them up. Um, So this is a seven inch that's coming out um, in June and uh, it's two tracks. And this is the title track, Educated Hips.
2: obscene.
0: say that seven inch was coming out i don't have the date in front of me i think it's june 10th okay so still some time when this comes out but uh i was just as as we were listening to that song i was thinking because in that that package that you sent me um was also this uh ritual earth flexi and uh Uh yeah i was like that's pretty rad i've never i had one other flexi that was sent to me and it was uh when it got here it was it was mangled. Whereas that one was not, I was like, Oh, I was actually able to listen to it. And then I was like, I don't know where I'll keep this because like, I don't have anywhere to keep it upstairs with my record. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to put it on my wall behind me. It's already got a hole right yeah. in the middle that I can put a tack. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rad. So, uh, yeah, the next one that you brought is from a band called light tower. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about this one?
1: Yeah, this is Chris Enriquez, uh, he was in On the Might of Princes and Spotlights, he's still in Spotlights, and uh, he brought this EP to me, and I f- couldn't say no to it, it's a phenomenal kind of shoegaze, post-hardcore type stuff, and uh, they're actually playing their record release show tonight, and the EP oh, yeah. will be available on the 22nd.
0: And uh, the song you picked is called When the Mask Drops. so did you say that's off an ep that's coming up
1: yeah it's a, it's a digital release okay um, yeah we kind of like you had mentioned early in the show we're kind of navigating different types of releases to kind of yeah. see how they do um and this being a new band we kind of wanted to test the waters with a digital only release
2: yeah, yeah.
1: we will probably do vinyl eventually but um for now it'd just be uh on the streaming services.
0: Is it, so is cause I, like I looked it up on Apple music. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out if this is a pre ad for the, is it just three songs? Just three songs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So called light tower, right? Yep. Okay. Sick. Uh, I, I can say this already. It's not going to be enough, man. Like that song <laughs> that like, I, I want just a full length of that. That's, um,
1: well, I think that I... was the goal is that we would put something out there build some interest in the band yeah. Instead of just dropping an LP right out the gate,
0: (laughs) which is—I mean—it's smart, right? You gotta—you gotta leave them wanting more. So, yeah, um, I like it, man. That—that the bridge in that song, like as it kind of like changes every couple bars, or I guess an outro—I don't even know if it was a bridge because did it come back to the chorus? I can't remember now. But um, no, man, it was—it was fantastic, and I just want more. So, uh, (laughs) the next song is from a band. I think you brought this band up earlier, right? Like. I yeah, feel, Garrison,
1: yeah. <clears throat> Garrison is a really important part of the label's history. Um, Joe from Garrison was one of the first people I met around the time that I had started the label. And they gave me one of their demo tracks that was on that first compilation that I had told you about. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they were on the very first Ion release. Um, they signed to Revelation Records, spent most of their time on Revelation, and... Um, when they came off rev they signed to iodine we did one release for them before the label went under uh but the band and i have been friends you know throughout all this time Mm -hmm. so when the label came back you know i I always felt that garrison had to be a part of it so this ep was originally released by revelation records it was always my favorite release so we took that record, remastered it, and then added a bunch of unreleased B-sides um, on the, the flip side of the record. Uh, this song is called Harlow, it's the second track. It's one of the more upbeat ones. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, all these tracks are my favorite from the band and it's their first release.
0: So that was one of the records that you sent me, um, and putting that on last night and sitting down—I think it was last night or this morning, whichever—and listening to it, I've got so much free time on my hands now that I'm not at work for a bit. <laughs> um, It—it's such a good record, and going through it, I, I like—I noticed that Brian McTernan produced it, and so I was like messaging. I, I like sent him a picture of it because he was on the show back when. Uh, the, well, I guess it's it's still currently the only Be Well record, even though they've got an EP coming out. But when that first came out, I had him on the show. And and uh, so every now and then I just send him pictures of vinyl that I find, you know, if it's got his name on it, where I was like, oh, I got this in the mail from Iodine Recordings and some familiar names on it. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And he was kind of messaging about the record a little bit. So it's a, uh, but I love, I love hearing bands like that, like kind of, because like, I mean that's it. Just takes me back to when I was probably at the peak of like discovering music. That you know, you're just sitting there having your mind blown as you discover bands, right? Like they have that, yeah. you know, kind of that sound where. Um, and obviously, this when did this EP originally come out? Nineteen ninety nine,
1: I think, is what. Ninety nine, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, so like right at that time when you know I was like, I mean, this wasn't, this wasn't one of the bands that you know, I discovered at that time, but just that whole sound just immediately takes me back going like, man, what I wouldn't give sometimes to be in that world again, where you're just discovering all this stuff. So new and so fresh.
1: Yeah. And it was, it came right around that era that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the term emo, but for yeah. lack of a better term, I mean, that's when it was really starting to blossom, yep, yep. you know, and you know, their some of their first shows were, were like the get up kids and stuff mm. like that before, anyone really knew who they were. And yeah. uh, it was a really special time in music. And I, I love how raw that record feels, you know, and you could, mm. you could feel the, you know, kind of the, the pain in the, in the lyrics and the, in the songwriting.
0: Yeah. Well, the next song is uh, from a band you mentioned a moment ago. So we're going to melt some faces.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jerome's Dream is another <coughs> band that kind of came full circle for me. They were on that first Iodine comp uh, back in ninety-eight. And <clears throat> you know, we had remained friends. They had done a few of the records on other labels. I never did a record for them, um, right. you know, back when the label was active. But they took a long hiatus as well. And so when the label came back, we reconnected and it was just kind of that same feeling of like old friends coming back together and they they were looking for a new home and it just felt right to to connect that history. So this track um, is kind of a, a good teaser for what's to come. They're right. working on a new LP, and uh, I won't say any more than that, but <laughs> um, you know, I think that this can kind of give people a taste of what's to come.
0: So that was uh, keep those bristles clean and closed. Not one, but two, um, which I, I noticed. I guess keep those bristles clean and closed comes off of their an LP they released in 2019. But that's they, the they redid one.
1: this track because um, they kind of felt like it was unfinished. Yeah, so they kind of revisited it and uh, redid the vocals.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I love it. It's so you said there I, you you, whoa, you did say they were working on a new LP, so we can expect that in the future. Uh, yeah. We did is... just
1: do the 20 year anniversary of their um, only full length okay. on Iodine. Um so it was uh, presents, which is a eight song LP, right? That came out last year, so those, there's still a, I think a handful of copies left of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was I mean,
0: that like music like that, like there's I can I can say one thing about Garrison and like that whole discovering music and taking you back to that, but Jerome's dream there like that takes me back to going to shows at that time, you know, where it seemed like there were just like so many bands like that, where every weekend, every other night you could go, you know, like the, the scene up here that I was a part of, um, at that time, there's just like so many good bands that it was just fun to go see. And that's what it, I, I just want to see
1: those guys live. That's what it does. Yeah, to me. Uh, they're, they're great live. And one thing I'll say about them is they always kind of push the limit of doing stuff that no one's ever done before. And, um, they they've always just kind of been on that edge of creativity.
0: Yeah. So we got one more song left. And before we get into it, I did just want to uh, say again that these songs, the playlist uh, for this episode, it's in the show notes. However, uh, the Apple music playlist might differ slightly if, uh, you know, we still have the issues with for me to you by Hey, thanks. But if that's the case, when this episode comes out, I'll just replace it with another Hey, thanks uh, single. <laughs> and then, uh, You'll be like I didn't hear this one on the show, but um that's the way it is but uh, and then where real quick, uh if people want to find you, you know we talked briefly about social media and stuff like that earlier, where are all the places uh that people can follow along with what iodine recordings has going on?
1: Yeah, the two big ones are uh Instagram at uh, iodine recordings and our website, just iodinerecords.com. dot com and you know we're we're on twitter and facebook but i'd say we're most active on instagram yeah and uh, all of our stuff is distributed by death wish so if you yeah, go yeah. to the death wish website uh we have a, a store set up there every record all new merch and you know i i will say buying records and buying merch is the way that you can support artists and you know I, I tell everyone, you know, people dump their lives into these records, and picking something up really goes a long way with, uh, you know, helping them produce more music in the future.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually did want to say something real quick because I came across this earlier today. Um, is that so? In Canada, sometimes it can be a pain in the ass to order vinyl uh from the states and get it shipped up here it can be so pricey right like you go from you know a record say listing for 25 30 dollars american and then you put it in your cart and you get to check out shipping to canada next thing you know for one record you're paying upwards of 60 bucks which is quite a bit right so i yeah. did want to actually shout out uh on instagram anyway northern scene which there you can find them at northern store they're um they are I guess like an online distributor sort of deal for you know punk and hardcore vinyl which uh, you guys have a number of releases that uh, if I read that correctly that are available through them now right
1: yeah they've been great and yeah. um, I I've talked to them and I'm excited that they're carrying our releases because nothing pains me more than someone paying more for shipping than the actual yeah. record yeah and All the time, um, man. I I wish I could give away records I you know even in europe like we we just signed up a few distribution deals in europe because it was the same problem you yeah. know people are paying 30 dollars for 20 30 shipping yeah. for a 20 record yeah um you know and for me it's all about accessibility i want as many people to be able to get music from our artists yeah as possible um so northern scene again I'm, I'm glad they're there and I'm, I'm stoked that they're carrying our stuff.
0: Yeah. So I was just saying real quick, like for those, I mean, we're obviously based out of Canada. We got uh, a good chunk of listeners from Canada who, if you're struggling with that same thing, check them out, um, worth it. Otherwise, yeah, you can head online. Uh, I mean, either way you guys like death wish ships to Canada, so you can order it all through the death wish website and stuff like that. And it's fantastic. And they take real good care of the. The product they sent you, including the shirt that I'm wearing right now, uh, which is rad. But let's get into the last song then, um, which is from a band called There Were Wires.
1: Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So, There Were Wires was the band that kicked off the return of the label. Um, this record was one of the last records I put out um, right before the label went under. And it's very similar to Smoker Fire. It, it never really got the life that it deserved. And it always bothered me because it is one of the best records that I ever did. Uh, It's called Somnambulist. It's a kind of a themed album around sleepwalking. And it's very dark. It's very heavy. So when, in, in fact, the label kind of came about because they wanted to reissue that record. And they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, this record's been out of print for 20 years. We'd love to do it again. And i said how about i bring the label back and we do it together and so it it really kicked things off and um i think it was a really powerful release to to start back with uh the song we chose is his talk her teeth which is probably the shortest song on the record Um, but it's you know kind of gives a taste of all the different types of elements they included
0: radical so real quick thanks man for doing this this was uh a lot of fun and uh, yeah, this is uh, There Were Wires, His Talk, Her Teeth, Grown Up Punk, Radio, Radio. Bye, friends.